And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hi. Hi. <coughs> Hello. California Senator Kamala Harris. She's one of 30 or 40 people now running for president on the Democratic mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. California Senator Kamala Harris claims she listened to Snoop Dogg and Tupac Shakur when she smoked pot in college. <laughs> I have, and I inhaled. I did inhale, Harris said when asked if she has smoked weed. Harris made her comments Monday on The Breakfast Club, the New York City-based, nationally syndicated radio program hosted by DJ Envy. Yeah, what up, DJ? Angela Yee. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. The God. The program touts that it is the world's most dangerous morning show and is popular in the hip-hop community. Okay. All right. Why would you want a morning show now that's keep, dangerous? Keep that in mind that Kamala Harris goes on there knowing she's going on a station that's popular with the hip-hop community. Got it. So she's going to try to be pretty hip, isn't she? Right. I listen to Snoop. What up? I listen to, the, I listen to Tupac. Right. Didn't he get murdered? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. I listen to Snoop and Tupac before he got shot. I'm on a hip-hop morning radio show, and I'm showing you how in touch I am with the people. That's right. She's a 2020 uh, Democratic presidential contender. Was then asked what music she listened to when she smoked pot. Charlemagne the God, T-H-A. Charlemagne the God. Right there, yeah. Uh, is one of the stars of the Breakfast Club. <laughs> okay. Let me just click on, hang on. Let me just click on Charlemagne, T-H-A-G-O-D. Charlemagne uh-huh. the God. He it's likes a the, guy. Yeah. I thought it was a gal. It's a guy. All right. And he's an author, too. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Okay. His real name's Leonard Larry McKelvey. Born in 78. The 2020 Democratic presidential candidate was then asked what music she listened to when she smoked a joint. Charlemagne the God bluntly asked, what was you listening to when you was high? Damn, you're kidding me. Was that a quote? <laughs> Is I'm going to go down and lay in the middle of the railroad tracks on University. <laughs> is that Island. from Charlemagne? Is that That's, Charlemagne's yes. question? What was you listening to when you was yep. high? Yep. What That's, was on? What song was on? Harris quickly responded, definitely Snoop, Tupac for sure. There's a little problem here with the... When go these, ahead. When these hypocrites uh, try to... Uh, Pretend they're culturally appropriate. She's going down the Clinton path culture, with the hot sauce. Yeah, it's, it's even worse than that. There's a little problem. Uh-oh. What's the problem? Uh, Harris graduated from Howard University in 1986 Ooh. and was finished with law school by 1989. <laughs> yep. 
uh, Snoop Dogg's debut album, Doggy Style, yep, right. was released in 1993. Got a math Ooh. problem. Ooh. Snoop made music prior to his first album, appearing on Dr. Dre's 1992 album, The Chronic, and the soundtrack of the 1992 film, Deep Cover, but oh they were both released years after Harris finished school. Did Charlemagne the God do the math I'm on I'm not that? done with the story. Oh, okay. <laughs> As for Tupac, his first album... Tupacalypse Now yeah, I remember that. was released in 1991. The rap legend also recorded music as part of the group Digital Underground, but it was released in the early 90s, after Harris finished school. The radio hosts failed to check Harris on the inaccurate info mm. and quickly pivoted to a discussion about current rapper Cardi B. Harris's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Nor will they. What frauds these people are. What frauds they are. Why do they feel the need to... Why not just tell the truth? That is right up there with hot sauce in the purse, isn't it? And you're right. It is worse than hot sauce because we always keep pointing out why the hosts of that given show never asked to see the bottle of hot sauce yep. in Clinton's uh, purse. Yep. They never did, No, nope. which is what you would have done right away. Well, I want to see it. Where well, is it? Is the, it in the, there? These, well, these frauds, too, there's a, there's a lot of fraudulent to go around here. These radio hosts say, we got the most dangerous radio show in the country. We dangerous. But you don't have the balls to uh, point out to her that, hey, lady, you here. couldn't have been listening to Snoop or Tap uh, uh, Tupac because they hadn't recorded you anything got a time yet. machine? Yeah. What's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just- sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Are you getting information right now? <laughs> Hot sauce. Hot sauce wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, yes. listen, I just want you to know, people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Is this the morning? Is this that show? I don't. I think it's that show. I'll Is it? I'll find out. I think so. Uh, Hillary Hot I Sauce. I suppose every aspiring political candidate has to go and be obsequious to the black hosts of a morning hip-hop radio show in New York City. But this is exactly why candidates and people that hold office won't talk to won't talk to people because they want to be thrown softballs all well, the time. Well, I can't take Kamala Harris seriously no. now. You're a liar. Nor should you. And I never could take Hillary seriously. Could you take Charlemagne the God seriously? No, because he didn't have the courage to say, wait a minute, lady. These guys didn't even oh. record. It was the same, wasn't it? Uh, she Okay. In an interview with the Hip Hop Morning Show, The Breakfast Club, yes. on urban radio station, oh my Power God. 105.1. Yes. Yes, I knew it. And then look at uh, Charlemagne the God, little background. As a teenager, he began selling drugs and was arrested twice for possession of marijuana and cocaine with intent to distribute. After witnessing a shooting from the backseat of a car, McKelvey was arrested for a third time. His father refused to pay his bail money, and he remained in jail for 41 days. Okay. He and, called his and, mom who bailed him and, out. And these, these are the radio hosts to whom the likes of Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton. something that you always carry oh, with you? Sorry. No, go ahead, Rook. Uh, we'll, I'll finish it. Here we What's go. something that you always carry with you? Hot Just... sauce. Really? You... Yeah. Yeah. Really? Are you getting information right now? <laughs> Hot sauce. Hot sauce wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, listen, yes. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, help me. God. Okay. No, seriously. Hot sauce. So- I've been... I've been- 
eating You're lying. a lot of hot sauce. A lot of uh, raw peppers and hot sauce. That's why you really coughing. You, you can tell. It on I need, yeah, 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 I'm having a rebellion against it uh, because I think it keeps my immune system strong. Oh. I really do. I think hot you sauce can't is stop good for coughing. You. I remember that she was just so the health, immune system. Here's here's something else we've discovered, however inadvertently. DJ Envy, mm-hmm. Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Yeah, I just call him Leonard, Leonard. <laughs> they they are now the go to destination for aspiring Mysterian political candidates. It's just sad. It's <laughs> it currently, I'm. I'm I'm thinking of the potential of Garage Logic right now, and then I'm looking at the Breakfast Club currently airs in 90 plus markets around the country. Can you get it here? I wonder. I'm unaware of it. Power 105 <laughs> coming to you live. <laughs> but listen to this. <laughs> listen. So listen. Hillary goes on. Hillary goes on, and, and and somebody in her entourage said, "You know, you got to do something. You got to be blacker than you are." Uh, Take some hot sauce with you. Now, this Kamala Harris goes on, and I we do, we're not offered the context in which uh, dope smoking came up, uh, but she would be among the hypocrites, I would imagine, that was terribly uh, offended by cigarette smoke, but apparently has discovered some science that says marijuana smoking doesn't harm you. We're going to have a guest on that as soon as he can free himself up, Alex Berenson who's written a book about parents, you better warn your children about the evils of marijuana. It's very dangerous, very dangerous, and that uh, seems to be escaped by the Democrats who want to make it legal, including our own income, our new governor, Tim Walls. One of the first things he did, let's make it legal. You hypocrites, you don't allow candy cigarettes to be sold in an ice cream store. Uh, A gentleman by the name of Nick Gillespie, are you guys Mm -hmm. familiar with Nick Gillespie? On Twitter, talking about the Kamala Harris quote, how high did Kamala Harris get while smoking weed in college? High enough to claim that she listened to Tupac and Snoop Dogg as a student, even though their debuts came years after she graduated. Graduated. I need some of that weed. Yeah, she had to. <laughs> right, right. Where do I get so, that? so to ingratiate I can see the future. <laughs> so to ingratiate herself with these three knucklehead hosts right. of this show. Right. She said, "Oh, I listened to Snoop and uh, and Tupac. Tupac." And and either of these hosts didn't know the timeline of Snoop and Tupac's first recordings, uh, or they did and didn't have the courage to confront her. I'm going to guess they didn't. I am, too. Be, only because. Why would they? They don't know anything else. They're the breakfast club. Yeah. They are, these aren't right. investigative journalists by any stretch. Isn't that something, though? Isn't that something? Power 105. Can't thank you enough. <laughs> Can't thank you enough. Can't take you enough for the time. Power, power, ninety two. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mister Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh, get a different point of view, and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. 
With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs. A professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. Consultant LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. That was Chris Corley, not me. I suddenly feel very bad about something. I do, too. Just what we talked about off the air. About not having a segment called Donkey of yeah. the Day. Oh, appreciation. What time is that? <laughs> yeah. uh, I got a note from Shelly and Paige. Over at the two uh, gals at Summit. Oh, that, yes. Might be. Yeah. No, we don't know that, though, do we? Well, I have I have a card There's for that. And the email is signed Mo. Hmm. Go check right now. Mo. Go check. What up, Mo? Because uh, I feel terrible. The, I feel responsible for what I'm about to tell you. If, in fact, we happen to know these two young ladies, they were among the throng that yeah, showed up at Summit Brewery. That was a fun day. It was a fun it? afternoon. Got everybody to sing Baby, It's Cold Outside. Yeah. And the women did a much better job than the oh, men. Oh, the guys were terrible. They really were. <clears throat> How's that coming along, bruh? Do you think he can find it? I bet he's eating lunch. Every time he goes out there, he gets another handful of something. I have no idea. Cobb salad. It isn't terribly important, uh, but you know, time is of the essence. You get Just her? got a different yeah. clock. You want me to bring it in? Well, did you find it? No. Okay, didn't find it. So I don't know who. I don't know who Shelley and Paige are. Got it. Right. Hi, Joe. I'm listening to. Uh, GL in Iceland, as I wait for yet yet another nightfall and a shot at seeing the northern lights. Ooh. After years of listening to you talk about this wonder, I decided to take one for the team. We're here now. So far, three days in nothing. Oh, no. Clouds, snow, and wind. Forecast for the week is more clouds, snow, and wind. I'm a bad waiter. This is your fault. Not only is it cloudy... But the solar winds and rotation of the magnetic field has pushed the best viewing everywhere but here. (laughs) I also found out that Iceland has frequent earthquakes, about a thousand a month, albeit most are barely detectable. Any place else you'd like to go? Sign Mo. I do feel (laughs) terrible. Oh, he should go to the... um... They're taking one for the team. They went there on the advice of the old mayor. Now, oddly enough, I'm now for my own amusement... I check the New York Times website every day to get the three hysterias about the climate. And then I always want to go down to the three hysterias about tra- not hysterias, the three proclamations about travel. Yep. Well, today, one of the travel destinations is viewing the northern lights. It's almost heavenly visual music. And it's about a 15 page story okay. on, you know, where you got to fly. To see, the, to see the northern lights. And, of course, Chief, uh, right up at the top there is Iceland. Uh, then they say, yeah, go to Sweden. Sure. Go to Iceland. Go to Sweden. 
Uh, and this is the same paper, of course, that's going to tell you that, well, we shouldn't have airplanes in 10 years because uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex uh, has that in their platform. That <laughs> yes. shouldn't, we should have trains. Maybe you can take a train to Sweden. Right. You know. So I, I apologize to uh, Mo, uh, who took one for the team and got to, uh, and got to where are they? Iceland. Iceland, Reykjavik, uh, most likely. Yeah, in Iceland, and is running. See, this is why I really fear booking the trip. I'm a bad waiter. I got to be guaranteed. I'm going to see the Northern Lights. Well, that's a that's a nature thing. You know that you can't. Uh... They, they could go do some whale watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else can you do if you don't have northern lights? You go to the Blue Lagoon. I, that's a place I really want to go to, yeah. the Blue Lagoon. And you can go to see the geysers. Okay. I didn't know you knew this much about And there they are, the northern lights. Okay. Oh, boy. Except they're just having some really, really bad weather. That's a shame. But, but I found it ironic that in today's New York Times, the entire uh, uh, paper was practically was devoted to uh, flying all it, around the world seeing the northern lights, even though, well, I guess we're not supposed to fly. And if history tells us anything about you and your ability to see things in the sky, especially at night, you're going to miss out. I've only, my my fascination with the northern lights stems from having seen them once. Okay. Out on Leech Lake, of all places. Oh, I bet that was cool. It was just, I just thought to myself, I've never seen anything like this. I just have to get back. And oddly enough... Yes. I saw them in the Nativity Elementary School. You claimed to, lot. yeah, you claimed I, to. Uh, we did. No, was, you was, did not. It was a fluke that we saw them. We looked up, and we. Uh, my whole family can swear. I don't remember who we were in the car with. They can swear by it. I, we saw the Northern Lights. I always thought you couldn't. You couldn't see them this far south. For some reason, uh, everything was lined up. They're probably the polar vortex um, <laughs> swing system with that Calcutta clipper probably brought them up, and then uh, it, you know. Two half-ton ratchets on a reciprocating uh, double-jointed Harkins block. I buy that. Mm-hmm. You know, Iceland is actually very beautiful. Yeah, you can get off that site now. Was okay. this the uh, Northern Lights Knob Creek edition for you? Uh, yes, that's probably what it was. I don't think I was driving, so maybe I just saw green. Look at that there. Maybe I just saw green on the roof of the car. Much is attempting to be made about Amy Klobuchar's treatment of her staff. Very much. That seems to be a, uh, a theme that... Uh, She's been hard on her staff, and various outlets have managed to find anonymous uh, people on her staff or former people on her staff who corroborate the idea that she's a a taskmaster and has been cruel about it. And you know what? I don't know that. Okay. Uh, There is some degree of truth that women who crack the whip— are going to be seen differently than men who crack the whip. Correct. Uh, I would agree right? with that. Right. In fact, we just... So I, I, I have many reasons to hold uh, Amy in suspicion for her uh, political viewpoints. I, I don't hold Amy in suspicion because she's uh, too hard on people. Uh, you know, the people of Minnesota elected her. It sounds to me like she worked, worked the, her people pretty hard. Yep. To fulfill what she was attempting to be accomplishing. The other thought that I had when I saw the story it was it was too conveniently timed mm-hmm. the story itself. But I I also went back to well in the workforce now there's such little expectation of of employees 
where anyone that that has a, a little bit of demand is seen as <laughs> exactly because who are you bringing into your staff? You're bringing the snowflakes of the failed academy. Of, you know, the, they're, they're right. the 21 to 25 year olds. You say, "Gall, dang it, get me that email right now." They're not used to that. Oh, he, right. she yelled oh, at me. Well, here, I only bring this up for one reason because there was, and this was pointed out to me by uh, by emailer uh, Trent. And Victoria, you and Kenny seem to have a love affair with Amy. I don't, uh, Trent. Uh, you should know better than that. So you may not wish to cover this article, but I send it because it states that Amy would blow up if a staffer word, used the word community in a press release. Maybe she is listening and is a closet garage logician. Hmm. So I looked up the piece. This is from the National Review. And uh, the headline is, Why It Matters If Amy Klobuchar Is an Abusive Boss. And again, I'm not prepared to accuse her of being an abusive boss. I think if you're successful, you demand excellence, and you are going to be hard on your staff. And she's just old enough to not have been a product of the failed academy. Right. Uh, She has has embraced, to my way of thinking, too many leftist ideologies, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's a product of the failed academy. Right. All right. So sure enough, here's this big piece, uh, and we learn. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, uh, the charges against Senator Klobuchar aren't originating from right-wing media outlets. There have been big recent profiles in BuzzFeed and the Huffington Post, nor is the story a new one. A leggy storm survey covering the period from 01 to 16 found that Klobuchar had the highest staff turnover in the Senate, uh, garnering her a prominent mention in an early 2018 piece in Politico called The Worst Bosses in Congress. You know, might it not be just as true that she has the highest turnover in, in Congress because she is the most demanding? Could be. Well, okay. So, but what happens here is being demanding is what's gotten the black eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no evidence she ever, you know, pulled a gun on anybody. No. And, right. You know, uh, uh, let's see. Well, read on your, your your new love affair with Amy. I don't have a love affair with Amy. <laughs> I, I I have no reason to uh, to find her guilty of of this. Uh, at least three people have withdrawn from consideration to lead Senator Amy Klobuchar's nascent 2020 presidential campaign, in part because of the Minnesota Democrats' history of mistreating her staff. Some former Klobuchar staffers, all of whom spoke to Huffington Post on condition of anonymity, described Klobuchar as habitually demeaning and prone to bursts of cruelty that make it difficult to work in her office for long. It is common for staff to wake up to multiple emails from Klobuchar characterizing one's work as the worst briefing or press conference she'd seen in her decades of public service, according to two former aides and emails seen by HuffPost. Adding to the humiliation, Klobuchar often carbon copied large groups of staffers who weren't uh, working on the topic at hand. Uh, I, I don't really care. I, I, I Here. Uh, anything could set her temper off, they said, and, and it was often unpredictable, including minor grammar mistakes, the use of the word community in press releases, forgetting to pack the proper coat in her suitcase, failing to charge her iPad, and using staples. Klobuchar's temper also affected her own ability to do her job, said the staffer. Uh, I don't know. Here's what I do know. Mm-hmm. That it's entirely plausible that these these young products of the failed academy 
They they go to Washington. Mm-hmm. Their, their eyes are the size of saucers, mm-hmm. and they're just thrilled because they think they're now walking among the elite. I'm going to change <laughs> and, the world, and right? they they can't wait to be join the entourage of some senator and and follow her around and have their uh, uh, their clipboards in their hands and be ready to hand her the iPad because now they're very very important people, like a Devil Wears Prada. Right. Yeah. Very important people. Only only to to discover in in a boss like Klobuchar, you're getting a taskmaster. Mm-hmm. You're getting someone who says, "Damn it, that's not what I want. We're not here to play. This is what I want. I want this damn thing done this way." And these little babies can't take it. So it, it's very easy for for any news gathering institution if they're of a mind, they could go to the office of any senator or congressman or woman in Washington and write the same thing. Mm-hmm. And just because, well, okay, say if you go to 3M, if you go to work for General Mills, you probably have a boss that's going to say, "I need the report by nine. I need." Uh, and just because she's in the uh, political spotlight, uh, this came out. Well, now, the, I, I'm, I'm willing to give her a pass on it. Well, All right. There's enough stuff that I think we disagree with. but I, I disagree with her uh, extraordinarily on her political ideology. But the mere fact that you've got these crybabies now, and they, they demand anonymity, mm-hmm. you know, which I hate. Uh, you've got these crybabies saying, oh, she made us work so hard. Well, you know. Get a life, pal. That's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be doing. Is Welcome to hard. the jungle. I yeah. mean, that's that's exactly if, the, if that's the life that you wish to choose, then this is what you signed but up for. But that jungle's breaking down. That we've had this discussion before. It's 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 only a matter of time before uh, politicians start lying about what they've done. No, and what they it's to. only a matter of time before employees of a bank or a law firm or insurance company or a medical practice. Or a dental practice, or a podcast, a podcast, or Ooh. a tech company. Uh, that things begin to break down because uh, there's not a strong body of talent that you're choosing from uh, in many cases because they're all uh, they're all being so poorly, mm. poorly educated and accommodated to not suffer any discomfort. You know, they have crying rooms. Right. They have animals brought in because the the, the tests Stress. are stressful and they 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 walk around all day long with their head in the clouds worried about cultural appropriation and sensitivity and inclusivity and diversity and 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 the and the normal educational disciplines are just slipping rapidly by the wayside so now again you get these starry-eyed kids that go to Washington and they they apply and some of them get get elected or, or get chosen to work for Amy Klobuchar, who uh, again is old enough not to have been a product of the failed academy. She's fifty eight and uh, comes from a, a family where uh, she saw hard work and uh, stern. You know, her old man had to meet deadlines every day. Right and and uh, and now they say, oh, she's too hard on us. B as in B, S as in S. I'm not going with it. I'm not going with it. There's so much to go with uh, to oppose it. Amy's other problem, she's not nearly progressive enough for these fruitcakes. Even though she signed on to the Green New Deal. Right. She's not she's not seen she's not seen by the by the uh Octavio occasional cortex uh cortex. Is it cortex? I think so. Cortex. That's the brain. Cortex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the occasional brain. Uh 
she's seen by those uh, younger people as not being nearly nuts enough. And that's why I kind of resented whoever emailed that to you when he said he or she said, you know, you're you're following in lockstep with Amy. Well, no, no not not necessarily, but personally, I'd rather see her get the nomination than Kamala Harris or another run with Clinton or Bernie Sanders, wouldn't you guys? Yeah, because if Amy said when she was getting high as a kite and listening to uh, uh, she would not have said she was listening to Snoop. And she Snoop would have Patrick. said the Jayhawks. She was no, she, no. Well, hell, how old is she? Almost sixty. Fifty-eight. Yeah. 58 so, how many years ago was she in college? So that'd be thirty. Thirty-eight six, years ago. Thirty-eight years ago. Okay, what year was it? Thirty-eight years ago. You, you're talking about nineteen eighty, right? Nineteen eighty-one. Nineteen eighty-one. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty-one. There wasn't hip hop. No. So she would have. She won't go on 105.1, the breakfast club. Well, she might have to. That's become apparently the destination sure. for these pandering Democratic candidates. We've got to stop at the breakfast club and get grilled by these former dope dealers. And someone's going to tug on her sleeve and go, hey, oh, you got to put hot sauce. Mm-hmm. There you purse. go. Tell them about Endless love, nine to five. Jesse's girl. Right. <laughs> Slow hand. In the air tonight, Phil Collins. So there's a whole bunch of... Uh, Stop dragging my heart around. Yeah, Queen of Hearts. Mm-hmm. Juice Newton. In the air tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, you would have been you would have been getting high. Amy was getting high the as police. a kite right. to the police. Right. Or the Pointer Sisters. Or both. Uh, and none of those artists would have been known to the hosts of the Breakfast Club. Who that? Huh? What? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Sheena Easton. <clears throat> she was very popular. Earth, wind, and fire. Let's we groove. can boogie mm-hmm. down, down. Mm-hmm. That's not missing. Well, what are you going to do? I, I have we solved that. the problems of the world? We have not. We're going to come back and solve some more, though. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. What are we to do with Ilhan Omar? She issued the non-apology apology about her anti-Semitic tweets. But I was reading an interesting uh, editorial about her in the New York Post today, uh, written by uh, Jonathan Tobin. Can you give me a little more light, Rook? Yes, I can. Or Reeves. But meanwhile... Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. Yes, Rook. I'm looking for my Ilhan Omar update. Oh, we don't need it. Okay. Ilhan Omar cannot seem to help herself when it comes to anti-Semitism. The question is, what are leading Democrats and never-Trumpers who repeatedly accuse the White House of empowering anti-Semitism prepared to do about this congresswoman from Minnesota? Omar tried to wiggle out of the implications of her earlier tweet about Israel hypnotizing the world by claiming ignorance about its meaning. She said she didn't know she was tapping into an anti-Semitic trope when she smeared Israelis defending themselves against Hamas terrorists. But she dug herself in deeper this past weekend with tweets in which she asserted that the only reason members of Congress support the Jewish state is the Benjamins, that is money, offered by the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee, the pro-Israel lobby. 
The claim that Jews use wealth to get their way is another libel that is straight out of the protocols of the elders of Zion, the classic anti-Semitic hoax that has migrated from Tsarist Russia to the Muslim fever swamps. It's also a deliberate misleading misreading of reality. The overwhelming, the overwhelming majority of members of Congress support Israel because the overwhelming majority of Americans agree. But to Israel haters, it's all a vast plot cooked up by a dark conspiratorial Jewish forces. This isn't a long editorial, but it's a terribly important one because I'm leading up four paragraphs from now to an important point. Because okay. remember, uh, why won't she pay for these indiscretions? Mm-hmm. Americans like Israel for a variety of reasons, not least shared democratic values. Most also think there is something wrong with those who want to destroy the one Jewish state on the planet. That's the goal of the BDS, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction movement that Omar and her fellow Democratic representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan support. Rashida is the young woman who distinguished herself uh, prior to taking office by saying, we're going to impeach the bleep bleeper. Mm -hmm. Said that in front of her little kid. Yeah, classy. Very classy woman. BDS masquerades as a call for justice, but its discriminatory purpose is indistinguishable from anti-Semitism. And if there was any doubt about that, both Omar and Tlaib have been doing their best to erase it with statements that illustrate the inextricable, inextricable ties between BDS and hate. Yet the Democratic Party has no interest in dishing out to Omar and Tlaib the same kind of stern justice that the Republicans meted out to Representative Steve King of Iowa, who was guilty of sympathy for white nationalists. King was stripped of all of his committee assignments, which he probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Tlaib was put on the powerful Financial Service Committee, and Omar was inexplicably rewarded with a coveted seat on the Foreign Affairs Committee, which gives the BDS crowd a bully pulpit they have never enjoyed before. It's true that after staying quiet about previous anti-Semitic events, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the party's leadership team finally condemned Omar's comments and called on her to apologize But while that's an important step in the right direction, there appears to be little chance Omar and Tlaib will lose their committee assignments or face any other punishment. Let's get to the reason. According to uh, this editorialist in the New York Post, Jonathan Tobin. The reason for this is obvious. Democrats, including many of those running for president, fear their party's hard left base is sympathetic to Omar and Tlaib. That's not just because of their identities as Somali and Palestinian-American, respectively. The leadership also understands that a critical mass of Democratic activists has bought into bogus intersectional theories that falsely link the struggle for civil rights in the U.S. to the Palestinian war against Israel's right to exist. Mm. Dems aren't the only ones shy about calling out Omar and Tlaib. The never-Trumper William Crystal, who regularly accuses the president of fanning bigotry, has maintained a puzzling silence on Twitter, as of this writing. And while the Washington Post Jennifer Rubin cheered Pelosi's swift response to Omar days earlier, she had claimed that in the Democratic Party, unlike the Republican Party, racism gets no sanctuary. The Democratic Party of 2019 simply will not abide by a white governor's racist play acting, referring to Virginia Governor Ralph 
Northam's blackface scandal. Or maybe it will. Omar retains her committee seat, and Northam has clung to the executive mansion in Richmond. These are the same people who have been at pains to discern anti-Semitic dog whistles from Trump, who may be flawed but is also openly sympathetic to Israel and the Jewish community. Unless and until Omar and Tlaib are not only condemned but isolated as anti-Semites by both Democrats and Republicans, there's little chance that this virus of hatred won't continue to spread. Hmm. Jonathan Tobin is editor-in-chief of JNS.org and a contributor to the National Review. Truly amazing, and she's ours. Wow. And the troubling part, I was watching the news last night. Google something, Rook, on the big screen. Has Ilhan Omar ever been a guest of The Breakfast Club? Uh Oh, seriously. I will. I wonder. When I was watching the news last night, and they just, all of the, the shots of her, this... You know, the smile and the, whoops, I, I made a mistake. No, that, that that's not how this works. You don't just get to say whatever you want, then issue the non-apology apology and all is forgotten. Mm-hmm. That, that That's not how this is supposed to work. And yet, she's completely bulletproof. She will not suffer any consequences whatsoever for her actions. The Star Tribune editorialized about it today, uh, but they were so... Well, they were so careful. Desperately careful that... Uh, Ocasio, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Occasional Cortex has been on The Breakfast Club. Oh, sure. No, I think that is, um, I think that's for the movie. Oh, whatever. Oh, okay, whatever. I don't know that Ilhan has ever been on The Breakfast Club. I don't think she has. I don't think it would have showed up there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, you ain't, you ain't got your bona fides as a black candidate until you're on The Breakfast Club. That's true. You, know, you got to go on there. Bring on your hot sauce. Uh, make sure you knew what you were listening when you were doping up. But this is really weed. a dangerous road we're heading down with her. Don't you guys think? I thought it was a dangerous road the minute she got elected to the Minnesota House. But I guess <laughs> what I mean is now that she now that she has won, Joe, and she's going to continue to say this stuff, if there are no consequences, mm-hmm. she's, she's saying, well, why should I stop? Did she win because... Uh, Oh, help me. Who held that seat for 100 years? Was, lived uh, on the island. It was the uh, with the I'm chickens. Ha- yeah, I'm, uh, I'm having a mental block. Uh, oh, for God's sake. I can sake. see Phyllis Kahn. Phyllis Kahn. Did she resign? Did she retire, I mean? She got beat in the primary. By Elon. Elon beat her in the Elon primary. Elon beat her in the primary, and then she went away. Okay. What did I say earlier today? Oh, with, with, yes. With each yes. election. Okay, yeah. Of a new representative, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, their predecessor will appear to you will lament the loss of their predecessor. Well, Phyllis Kahn was Jewish, for God's sake, so you weren't going to get anti-Semitism out of Phyllis. Mm-hmm. There she is, Phyllis. Phyllis. <laughs> All yeah, right. I mean, remember, it, was, it used to be this. To it used to be this. Let's go out with this. I've Most Minnesotans enough. agree. Isle of Khan, the yep. land of no taxes, is the biggest surprise of the decade. Churchill compared to her hey, replacement. Can we play ball here? No. No football. No soccer. Do you hear me? Do you? Isle of Khan, land of no taxes. An exclusive club that's not for the children and not intended for the weak. You're going to have to come down here. You're going to have to come down here. She never came down, did she? Nope. 
call your legislator or get a cushy city job. And maybe the Isle of Khan is for you. We tried it once your way, Khan. Are you game for a rematch? The Isle of Khan, just over the river and under the bridge. Yeah. That all stems from our stem from our discovery that uh, the Democrats who lived on uh, Nicollet Island had a really sweetheart property tax situation. They really did. That was essentially unavailable to the likes of me, even though all are welcome here. This took a lot out of me today, emotionally. Well, you'll be all right. I'll be okay. Yeah. All right, good. You got to see your friend at the airport? I got to go talk to my friend at the airport tonight uh, for a little, see how they're doing over what there. What a night he'll face. Oh, I'm sure he's ready to roll. With these delays. And... He'll probably come home and have a nice stiff drink. Maybe he will. Uh, who knows? After working with all those people out there. GarageLogic.com. Check us out online. You can poke around. you find some great stuff. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Garage Logic podcast version.